just want to greet everyone this morning at Cornerstone Church and also our online people who are watching online. Hello. Happy New Year. New Year's Eve, we put out an invitation to the worship leaders. We said, let's get together in, at 1130 and let's pray in the new year. I'm getting quite a bit of a feedback and a ring up here. We met and we began to pray. We prayed for our Cornerstone Church. We prayed for every one of you, all the staff, all the auxiliaries, all of the ministries, and all the missionaries. And this house of God began to fill with his glory. It was a powerful time to bring in the new year, praying for the things of God, praying for our lives, praying that we would all be obedient in 2022 to the things of God, to the ways of God, to the word of God. I pray that 2022 would be a year in your lives like no other. That you would submit to God in ways that you never had before and that you would see God and he would reveal himself to you like never before. Because the days are evil, which means the days are short. And there's one thing for sure that you cannot forget. One thing, we know that Jesus is coming soon. But one thing for sure that's happening soon is you will die. We will all die, and soon that's going to happen. Sooner, maybe, for some than others. But that we would fulfill our destinies on this earth. Last Sunday, my good friend, Pastor Kyle, had a question. He said, what do you preach after Christmas? I have that same question, what do you preach after New Year's Day? Let's take just a quick moment to go back on last week's message before we move forward. I think it was Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Pastor Kyle explained so eloquently. He explained that this portion of Scripture has been used as a song, past and present. I would even say to Pastor Kyle this morning that two of my favorite artists have taken this portion of Scripture and have done their own renditions of this song. He also quoted a theologian last week, John MacArthur, in reference to this particular portion of Scripture and state that these scriptures are sometimes known as the theology of Christmas, or some would say the humiliation of Christ, as he emptied himself. Then Pastor Kyle went a little further, and he went to discuss a second waiting, a waiting for Jesus to come again, to return. And then he stated that Jesus is coming again. How many know that this is true? Come on, shake your head. This is true. But the question today is, how do we wait? How do we wait? How do we wait? 
we take on a position in our waiting. What is our mandated stance in our waiting? How do we apply this waiting? Especially when we consider his points last week. Consider Christ even more often to copy Christ, to count on him or have faith in his word. The word or this concept of waiting is very interesting as I attempt to define this from a biblical point of view and that this will then lead us into the message for this morning. Over a hundred times in the Bible and over a hundred verses in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Greek word for waiting, and I can't pronounce it because if I do it, I sound more African than Greek. That was a joke. Uh, but there's words that waiting actually mean in the New and the Old Testament pertaining to this. And it's interesting that it means to, as we wait on the Lord, it means to agree, to accept, to take, to receive, to allow, to look to, and to accept fully. That's our stance as we wait for Christ's return. As we walk in considering Christ, to copy Christ, to count on him and count on his word. Now, this morning, we're going to read and walk through just for a few minutes Ephesians in the fifth chapter, verses 14 through 19. Please open your Bibles. The word of God says this morning, Awake, 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 O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Somebody say praise the Lord for the Word. So in this new year, are you tracking with me? In this new year, when a year passes, time actually passes. Let's take a look at what is coming this year. Let's take a look at how we should maybe act in this next year. A new year gives us opportunity to redefine our, our, our priorities. Please write that down. Just, just if, you're, if, if you have a pen, just, you know, a new year gives us an opportunity to, to redefine our priorities. I would pray that you would really take some time this afternoon to review and to take stock of your life in the ways you are living, and in the things that you do and that you're doing. A new year gives us an opportunity to redefine the vision for our lives and the vision for our church. Do we know where we're going? Do we know what we are called to? Do you envision what the future might look like? Are we in line 
with the clear vision of our lives. Before I continue, I have to do a commercial. I have to make a very important statement. My purpose this morning is not to give you vision, but to give an explanation of vision and admonish you to wait on the return of the Lord while applying the biblical principle of vision, which will entail you to wait on the Lord. So I'm not giving you vision. My purpose is to try to explain vision in the short 15, 20 minutes that I have. Now, going back to a new year, a new year also gives us opportunity to establish our worthwhile goals, our goals that are worth your while. You might have to stop doing some of the things or add some things. This might even include people. Also, a new year gives us opportunity to bury the past and to move into the future. So as I speak to you and even speak to myself, I suggest and say one thing that what happened last year and what happened recently, get over it. Somebody say amen anyways. Just get over it. Let it be a distraction to you no longer. You see, a new year can be a powerful change. Come on, somebody say amen. It's a little too quiet for me in here. So as we look again at Ephesians 5, 14 through 19, this gives us amazing advice for our lives by saying, wake up, wake up. Now, we know that these people were not sleeping physically, but they were sleepwalking through life. Boring day-to-day, routine, mundane lives, same route to work, same friends, same habits, video games, podcasts, social media, TV shows. So the scripture says to us, wherefore, you said, wake up. We can actually be walking in sleep and spending years as believers sleepwalking. Underline this in your Bible right now as we start this new year. To wake up, O sleeper, in the King James. Wake up, O sleeper. Then the Word of God says, arise, or you arise. Now this is self-initiated action. You arise. Nothing will change in this new year in your life unless you change it. Come on, nod your head. That's an amen. Repeat after me if you believe this. I want godly change in my life. Repeat after me if you believe this. I want godly change in my life. I want God's vision for my life. I want God's vision for my church. What a powerful time that we had in prayer. New Year's Eve, right here in the sanctuary, was powerful. We met to wake up, to pray in the New Year's. I pray that those who joined the prayer, that they woke up. And I pray that as we hear the word today, that we wake up and that we don't go back to sleep. So wake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. 
Christ, we're talking about the anointed king. Shine means exposure. He will reveal to you everything in your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He shines on us. Wake up. Get up. God will show you. He'll help you to see yourself. You know, I often, after service here, you may not notice, but after service, I, I stick around. I'm usually the last one to leave this building. And we are so gracious, and we, hey, can I help? Can I help? Is there anything I can do? And Pastor Kyle, well, I'm going to go ahead. Can I help? And Pastor Tim, well, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll shut everything down. And they just look at me kind of weird sometimes. People do like, you know what? What, what? Why don't he go home? What's up? Well, I need some time to go back over the word that was preached. I need to stay awake. I need to take a moment before it slips away and to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me. These men of God labor for hours over the word of God, and they bring what they believe to be the word of God to us. And I want to get what God has for me so that I can fulfill my destiny in life. See, I want to, I want to, when it's all said and done, I don't want to be there in Matthew in the seventh chapter when the Lord says, you know what? I, I don't even know you. I never knew you. I want to walk in vision for my life and fulfill my destiny. I want to do the work that I'm called to do on this planet. See, we only have a few 70, 80, 90, 100 years for some. That's it. And that's short compared to eternity. So let's look at verse 15. It says, be careful. Look carefully then. This is after you wake up and rise, how you walk. Be careful how you walk. And this actually can be referenced to, be careful. Look at your lifestyle. Look at the bed that you lay in. We have been sleeping with habits, attitudes, and sin possibly all year. Maybe God is saying to us, walk away from your current bed that you have made. Walk away from the compromising lifestyle this past year. Maybe so. Last year was 12 months, but now we have 12 more months to get it right, to make a difference, to do things differently. The next verse says, do not be unwise, but be wise. You need to write this statement down. To be wise means to walk in wisdom. The definition here of wise or to be wisdom is to apply knowledge. Do not be unwise, but be wise. Apply knowledge. Wisdom is different from knowledge and understanding. Knowledge is information. Understanding is comprehension. But wisdom is application. So we need to walk in application. We are privileged at Cornerstone to have some of the best Bible-based teaching on the East Coast. Say amen. We have excellent teaching. Our teaching here and our senior pastor, Pastor Tim, the teaching is absolutely second to none. And then we have Pastor Kyle who's coming up right Man, has he grown in the last year and a half. Say amen. amen. While he's feeding the people. Amen. So we have the privilege to have some of the best Bible teaching here on the East Coast. And I find it very interesting, interesting that God is saying to us, maybe right now, 
that we need to walk in wisdom, apply the knowledge that we get on a weekly basis. Again, we have a wealth of knowledge from PT and PK, but we now must apply it as we wait on the Lord's return. And we have to submit to the vision that God has given our leaders. I don't know about you today, but I seek the face of God at the beginning of every new year. This month for me, January, will be a month of fasting. And as I do that, I try to seek vision for my own personal life and continue to submit to vision to my church. And in my personal life this year, the word that I believe the Spirit of the Lord gave me is application. To now not just receive the knowledge that I receive here, but now to apply it in every area of my life. The year of application. Myself as staff and being on the leadership of Cornerstone, I wanted to submit to God for the vision he has given us and our pastors and that Pastor Tim will be laying out in the first quarter of this year. Now going to verse 16, it says, making the best use of your time. So apply the knowledge to wisdom and now making the best use of your time because the days are evil. So some translations, even the King James would say, redeem the time because the days are short. So we don't have a lot of time. As I said to you earlier, that one thing for sure is you're going to die. Just get over that, then you can start living life. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Because the days are evil. Redeem the time because the days are short. Even in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, it quotes the same thing. Now I'm going back again to verses 14, 15, and 16. To wake up, redeem the time, because you might not live as long as you think. See, for me personally in my life and at this age, death is a powerful motivator. I'm motivated by death because I want to make sure that I don't die rich. What do you mean by that? You know, the graveyard is one of the most rich and prosperous places on the earth. Because in the graveyard, you find so many that are laying there that died and didn't give everything. There's still books that died in them, songs that died in them, all kinds of things that died in them because they did not walk in their vision or fulfill their destiny. They did not hear and obey. And it's so rich with things that were supposed to be for the body of Christ and for the people of the world using their gifts that never came to pass. So I want to seek his face and get a mandate and get a vision for my life that when I'm done, that I will have emptied myself and did everything I was supposed to do. So death, to me, is a powerful motivator. We must make the best use of our time. We must be a people that wait on the Lord and submit to the vision of our church. I'm at a crossroads here because I have so much more. <laughs> and uh, I really want to go deep with this thing, so I'm going to try to stream this down a bit. Verse 17 says, Therefore, be not foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If wisdom, or if wise or wisdom means to apply wisdom, then foolish means 
to get knowledge but not apply it. We have to be careful in this church not to become educated fools. We get a lifetime amount of some powerful understanding what the will of the Lord is or the word of the Lord is. But if we want to walk in wisdom, then that means we have to apply what we're given. Then it becomes wisdom. If we don't, then we're just educated and we're actually foolish. We must apply the word as we walk in vision. So knowledge at this church is not our problem. Maybe we just need wisdom, applied knowledge. One of my mentors used to say, it's kind of like a smoking doctor. How many know that's a fool? Knowledge, but no wisdom. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom go together. The scripture says, wake up, wake up. Make the best use of your time. Redeem your time. Take control of your time as you wait on the return of Christ. Make sure that the things you do line up to your vision, your calling, your purpose. Vision and calling dictates your schedule, your company, where you go, where you should go, where you should not go, what you listen to, what you watch, what you watch. We are to be wise as we wait on the Lord's return. It kind of reminds me of the, the ten virgins. Five were wise and five were not. We have to be wise. As I begin to close, I want to go through Habakkuk chapter 2, 2 and 3. This word says to write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision or clear prophetic word, the people perish. So as we close and we talk just for a minute, as we prepare for this first quarter of the year for our pastors to preach and redefine and give us new fresh vision for our church, I just want to lay out quickly some questions for you. What is vision? A conceptual view of the future, a visual manifestation of your purpose. A glimpse of the reason for your existence. A perception of your divine assignment. The capacity to see the invisible. Say amen. amen. I'm going to sing a song. It should be on.
I'm just grateful today. I'm open before you. God is so good. That the issues of my heart is gratefulness. Say amen, church. for the things that you have done yes I'm grateful for the victories we won I could go on and on and on and on about your words I'm grateful, grateful, so grateful just to praise you, Lord. Flowing from my heart are the issues of my heart. You're grateful this morning. We have so much to be thankful for. Can I sing that again just one more time? I am grateful for the thing that you have done. Yes, I'm grateful for the victories we won. Grateful, grateful, grateful to praise you, Lord. And it's flowing from my heart. That's good news. Are the issues of my heart is gratefulness. sing this part with me. Here we go. It says grateful, grateful. Come on, real sweet. It goes like this.
as we purpose to walk in vision as we preach vision for 2022. Thank you. God bless you.